Welcome to the Alger Podcast. Following the podcast, there will be a brief disclosure. Hello, I'm Alex Bernstein, and you're listening to the Alger Podcast, investing in growth and change. The last time I talked to Alger Senior Analyst Andrew Gustin was in May of 2020. At that time, the long-term impact of COVID on entire sectors was still extremely unclear. And Andrew's sector, industrials, have been hit particularly hard. Now, more than a year later, we've seen some dramatic shifts in this sector. Here to give me an update is Andrew Gustin. Andrew, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thanks, Alex. Andrew, I clearly remember the last time we recorded a podcast. You had described the first few months of 2020 as humbling. Now that the economy is reopening, have things improved for industrials? Yeah, I mean, certainly the outlook for industrials has improved dramatically. And a lot of businesses that were impacted severely are starting to recover and are, are even progressing quite far in terms of recovery. I mean, commercial aerospace is a great example of a sector that got completely crushed by COVID initially. And with the progress on vaccinations in the U.S., we've seen a quite robust recovery unfold, particularly in leisure travel domestically. And we think that as we move towards the fall, we're going to start to see business travel start to recover, and we'll also start to see international travel recover. So the outlook is is certainly brightening. It's also been interesting to see how there have been certain pockets that actually did fairly well during the COVID sort of stay-at-home period, and we're kind of starting to see a shift there. For example, so many people were stuck at home and they couldn't travel and they were spending lots of money on projects around their home, maybe investing in a pool or doing other home-related projects, painting projects, that kind of thing. That sort of category has been really on fire and we're starting to see and we're anticipating a, a bit of a shift in spending towards travel and more experiences and I think beyond that, in recent months, we've been spending a lot of time thinking about longer term structural changes. And one key area of focus has been the energy transition. And there's so much policy support and interest in decarbonizing and meeting global targets for emissions reductions. And that is pushing us to look at lots of different companies that are participating in that energy transition in, in different ways. And it's also helping us appreciate opportunities and challenges at our existing companies. So it's a really interesting time to be an industrialist investor. Since you bring up the emissions reduction, I wanted to spend a minute talking about ESG. How are you taking ESG or environmental, social and governance considerations into your process? I would say that ESG is just becoming a much bigger part of the conversation with virtually all of our companies. And we do incorporate ESG into our investment process. And we, we do calls with our companies dedicated to ESG. And we review the ESG scores that they've gotten from some of the ratings firms. And we discuss those issues with the companies and make sure that we feel comfortable that they're doing enough to address whatever shortcomings they may have. And we're looking for companies that can, that can be part of the solution as the world moves to decarbonize. And in terms of emissions reduction, how forward-looking do you get? I mean, does gasoline ever go away? 
Well, I mean, it's going to be a pretty long transition, but we do think that electric vehicles are going to grow much faster than the market appreciates. And we think that EVs will be about 50% of global auto production in 2030. And so clearly that will have an impact on demand for gasoline, but there's still going to be a lot of cars consuming gasoline that are on the road, even if EVs represent 50% of new car production. So over a very long period of time, we we do expect gasoline demand to start to decline, but it's certainly going to be part of the ecosystem for many years. 2030 doesn't seem so far away. What do you think gets us to 50% by 2030? It's been remarkable. The auto market and all of the manufacturers have, it seems like in the last six months, really embraced EVs. And many of the major manufacturers, both American and European, are targeting basically phasing out internal combustion engine vehicles by, in many cases, 2035. So it's been a combination of the policy support for it, as well as the competitiveness of electric vehicles relative to ICE vehicles. As the technology's gotten better, battery technology has enabled longer range. And as we see infrastructure and charging stations deployed, it's going to really facilitate the production and uptake. I think more broadly, the, the consumer demand for these vehicles is very much there. And it seems like a very broadly felt social shift that people are embracing this move to reduce emissions and help keep planet Earth healthy for, for the next generation. Andrew, I wanted to switch over to the subject of inflation, which investors know can have a significant impact on the industrial sector. What do you think has been driving inflation and how has it been impacting the companies you follow? Yeah, it's definitely a huge focus for us these days. And it does seem clear that we're in a more inflationary environment that may persist for a while. And all of our companies seem to be talking about it. I think it's been driven by a number of different factors. But if I can simplify it a bit, you basically had a lot of production capacity and investment that was taken offline during the initial stages of COVID. And then you had demand recover quickly and supply has been constrained and slower to catch up with demand. And we've kind of seen this same pattern in a number of, of sectors, whether it's the oil field or petrochemicals, or even, even in the freight transportation market where we've observed significantly higher costs for a lot of companies. You know, for example, in the air freight market, a huge portion of the air freight market was served by belly capacity on passenger aircraft. So those planes haven't been flying, but freight still needs to move around by air, and that has driven a huge surge in air freight rates. And we've had ships backed up at our ports, in part because we had COVID outbreaks and we've had restrictions limiting the dock workforce. People, in some cases, you know, have preferred to stay at home. They haven't wanted to be exposed to COVID. Maybe they've also been receiving government support staying at home. So. It's been hard to attract workers back, whether it's to factories or to drive trucks or to work in warehouses. And, and that has, against a backdrop of recovering demand, that has really driven up transportation costs. And we've seen kind of the same pattern in many other markets. And in, in some cases, it's been exacerbated by weather or other events. For example, in the petrochemical market during this past winter, with the winter storm that hit Texas and the Gulf Coast, and knocked out a tremendous amount of production capacity. That took a lot of capacity out when you already had a fairly tight market and it drove the prices of propylene and other petrochemicals up significantly, which has a huge impact on 
the consumers of those, such as the, the paint companies. So it's been a, a really significant factor and it's affecting basically all of our companies. And, and so, you know, we've been thinking about it in several ways. For a long time, we've really tried to focus on investing in companies that have strong pricing power so they can pass along these cost increases to their customers. And many of our companies are having to institute mid-year price increases for the first time in a long time. So we, we want to make sure that we are invested in companies that uh, are supplying a product that is differentiated enough and that they have a strong enough market position that they can pass along that price increase and the customer still needs it and is still willing to pay for it. And maybe the product is relatively low cost in the grand scheme of whatever the downstream project is. So, you know, a price increase is not going to throw off the economics of uh, the transaction. Um, so we certainly want to make sure that our companies aren't getting squeezed too much by that inflation, that they can pass that on. And I think We've also tried to look at other beneficiaries of it. We've been considering uh, companies that uh, are more on the upstream side from some of these materials that have inflated. Andrew, do you think that investors today are more open to inflation as simply part of the economy reopening? Yeah, I do think it's, be it's widely appreciated that we've been in this inflationary environment. And in fact, the stock prices of some of these commodity producers have gone up pretty dramatically. And actually, you're, you know, you're starting to see signs that at some point you you'll see some of this cool off. You're starting to see a little bit more hawkish language out of the Fed. You're going to have certain things like some of those unemployment benefits that start to taper off in the fall. Increasingly, you know, we have people that have been vaccinated. People will go back to work. The congestion at the West Coast ports that I referred to in that example, that, that's slowly getting better. In terms of the air freight example, you are going to start to see some of those international passenger aircraft added back. So all of that will help supply start to catch up with demand. Um, and so I think we will see some of the cyclical driven inflation start to cool off in the next, say, six to 12 months. That's not to say that those commodity prices will, will go back to where they were, but, um, you know, things will, will start to um, will start to cool off as supply catches back up. I think as it relates to the longer term questions of inflation and, and how we would want to participate, you know, we, we're also I mean, we're looking for materials and commodities where there is more of a structural change in the long term demand profile. So it's not just a kind of transitory result of these supply disruptions and this COVID period where once we get back to normal, things will cool off a bit. So, for example, you know, we were talking about the growth of electric vehicles. Um, you know, we think that EVs could be 50 percent of global auto production by 2030, which is up from only 3 percent in 2020. There's something like five times as much copper in an electric vehicle as there is in a traditional internal combustion engine vehicle. So while there's a short-term cyclical component to the inflation we've seen in copper, there's also a longer-term structural demand inflection that we're taking a hard look at understanding. And, and you know, another example would be lithium, which is a key component in batteries that are used for um, EVs. I mean, Demand for lithium, we think, is going to increase by 5 to 7x between 2020 and 2030 as we're producing all of these electric vehicles. So 
that's going to require a significant amount of capacity additions and high lithium prices to incentivize those capacity additions. So as we look across some of these material and commodity companies, we're balancing the more shorter term cyclical driven inflation with what we think could be a more long-term sustainable driver and trying to pick our spots and pick our winners based on that. Andrew, before we go, I just wanted to ask, now that things are opening back up, do you and your family have any plans for the summer now that you can wear your masks a little less frequently? We are going to take some time and go to northern Michigan, which is a, a special place for our family and my, my in-laws. So our kids are looking forward to getting out to the lake and taking a little bit of time up there. So we're excited. It's uh, it's nice to be able to, you know, be out and about. And it really feels like there's a lot of optimism out there. And it's certainly a lot happier than it was last summer. Andrew, thanks so much for talking with me this afternoon. Thanks so much, Alex. It was great talking to you. And thank you for listening. For more of our latest insights, please visit alger.com. The views expressed to the views of Fred Alger Management, LLC, FAM, and its affiliates as of July 2021. These views are subject to change at any time and may not represent the views of all portfolio management teams. These views should not be interpreted as a guarantee of the future performance of the markets, any security, or any funds managed by FAM. These views are not meant to provide investment advice and should not be considered a recommendation to purchase or sell securities. Holdings and sector allocations are subject to change. Risk disclosures. Investing in the stock market involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Growth stocks may be more volatile than other stocks as the prices tend to be higher in relation to their company's earnings and may be more sensitive to market political and economic developments. Local, regional, or global events such as war, acts of terrorism, the spread of infectious illness such as COVID-19 or other public health issues, recessions, or other events could have a significant impact on investments. Industrial companies may be affected by supply and demand both for their specific product or services and for industrial sector products in general. Government regulation, world events, exchange rates, and economic conditions, technological developments, and liabilities for environmental damage and general civil liabilities will likewise affect the performance of these companies. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Important information for U.S. investors. This material must be accompanied by the most recent fund fact sheets if used in connection with the sale of mutual fund and ETF shares. Fred Alger and Company LLC serves as distributor of the Alger Mutual Funds. Important information for UK and EU investors. This material is directed at investment professionals and qualified investors as defined by MIFID FCA regulations. It is for information purposes only and has been prepared and is made available for the benefit of investors. This material does not constitute an offer or solicitation to any person in any jurisdiction in which it is not authorized or permitted or to anyone who would be an unlawful recipient and is only intended for use by original recipients and addressees. The original recipient is solely responsible for any actions and further distributing this material and should be satisfied in doing so that there is no breach of local legislation or regulation. Certain products may be subject to restrictions with regards to certain persons or in certain countries under national regulations applicable to such persons or countries. Alger Management Limited, Company House Number 8634056, domiciled at 78 Brook Street, London, W1K5EF, UK, is authorized and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the distribution of regulated financial products and services. FAM and or Weatherby Capital LLC US Registered Investment Advisors serve as sub-portfolio manager to financial products distributed by Alger Management Limited. Alger Group Holdings LLC, parent company of FAM, and Alger Management Limited, FAM, and Fred Alger and Company LLC are not authorized persons for the purposes of the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000 of the United Kingdom, FSMA, and this material has not been approved by an authorized person for the purposes of Section 212B of the FSMA. 
Important information for investors in Israel. This material is provided in Israel only to investors of the type listed in the first schedule of the Securities Law, 1968, the Securities Law, and the Regulation of Investment Advice, Investment Marketing, and Investment Portfolio Management Law, 1995. The fund units will not be sold to investors who are not of the type listed in the first schedule of the Securities Law. Fred Algern Company, LLC, 360 Park Avenue South, New York, New York, 1010, Alger.com.